What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Not About Dark Side of the Ring. I'm Chris Luminati. With me, as always, Stephanie Bowen and Don Povia. What's up? Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? Don has my favorite, my uh, all-time favorite wrestling shirt on right now. Yeah, man. The, the Macho Man shirt, uh, a classic. And we're going to talk about a classic tonight. Mr. Jim Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior. Um... Don, let's start with, because this was well before Stephanie's time, let's talk about the impact that uh, Mr. Warrior had on us as little youths in the middle of New Jersey. No, yeah, he he was cool, man. Um, you know, it, it's funny the way that, you know, Cornette, who just I hate more and more every week, uh, you know, for his pretentiousness, um, you know, talks about how much he sucked, which he probably did, but as kids, we didn't know the we didn't know the difference. And you know, I guess that's a credit to to Vince McMahon. I mean, he was just a huge badass, like cool dude wearing fluorescent and face paint. Like, I mean, how many Chris? You you cut off strings like Mrs. Places. Warrior and tied it around your biceps, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. What I mean, when I was a kid, like the whole Warrior presentation was amazing to me, and I think like he hit right at the time. When guys our age were kind of get us getting sick of Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah. the the training, the, the the prayers, the vitamins kind of thing. But here's one uh, thing that I have about Cornette's criticism and what was different about Hellwig. Um, Hellwig couldn't wrestle. He was terrible. He's not the first guy to debut like that. We had Nikita Koloff on the show. He did not even train a day in wrestling before he stepped foot in a wrestling ring and uh, clotheslined a guy in one in three seconds. He had no zero back training. Okay. Road Warriors, just as careless, same look. The problem was the Road Warriors and Nikita were pretty well liked in the locker room. Helwig was a dick. If Helwig wasn't that big of a dick, they could have gotten over the fact that he couldn't work and someone would have worked with him. And Vince was the first person to at least try to work with him because he was in a bunch of territories where People could have said, yo, dude, like you're doing this wrong. Like he was in world class. Not like, for anything, though. You heard the pop when he beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Yeah. And what about right? the pop when he came out when he was when he beat Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title? All of the above. So he was over wherever he went. So shame. I mean, if you're going to blame anybody, I don't blame him for his success. He obviously didn't care about it, but obviously the promoters didn't care because he was a, he was a draw. So I think Vince and, you know, the, the world, the Bon Eriks and everyone else is just as much to blame as anything of pushing a guy that has less wrestling skill than Nick Gage. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They said that, like, they purposely, like, pushed him to be this big star. So everyone would just make him look great. And he got over and then it just continued. Like people yeah. loved him. They were, I mean, it was their fault for pushing a guy that wasn't fantastic. Exactly. That, they that's turn kind of where my mind point. went. Well, like I can't blame him. He doesn't care about this. He's going to milk it for all it's worth when he starts talking about the merchandising and stuff. Hell, I mean, like Cornette talking about like, it's a bad thing that they're, you know, minimizing his uh, weaknesses and, and elevating his strengths, like I'm like, that's freaking Moneyball, isn't it? Like, isn't that every, you know, business strategy ever, right? So, like, he's basically saying, like, the powers that be around him are strategically hiding his flaws, elevating his strengths, 
and there you go. Like, so like, I don't know what Cornette was trying to get out of that, but whose fault is that? Well, here's two problems too. Uh, The presentation wouldn't match him actually learning how to wrestle. Like, yeah, he should have learned how to do a couple things, but you're not going to watch a guy sprint to the ring, get gassed up, shake the ropes, pound his chest, and then put on a wrist lock for 20 minutes. That's not going to work. So he has no choice in that matter. And I think where people go wrong, and we, we kind of saw the same thing happen, Don, you and I, uh, when Goldberg came around. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Goldberg and the Warriors should have been a novelty because they can't wrestle. So they should have been the guys who once in a while just came out to the huge pop, did three clotheslines, beat a guy, and that's it. Like, you can't expect the Warrior to go in there and have a great match. The great matches he did have were with great people. So he had a great match with Rick Rude. He could wrestle. He had a great matches, a couple matches with Kurt Henning, two guys who knew how to take his limitations and make him look good. Sure. But he had no choice. Like, like you said, like if you're doing this well and making this money and you're the champion, why should you go to learn and wrestle? What, and you, you admittedly don't have any sort of passion for the business itself. And yet these promoters see green and just elevate the guy and at the detriment of pissing everybody else off in the, in, in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't for anyone else in the locker room it was for the fans. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't matter to anyone else. Right. Well, and again, going back to Chris's original question as a kid who doesn't know Dick about the business, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't, what do I know? <laughs> we, just thought, we just thought he was really good. Right. Yeah. Right. Kicks everybody's because ass. Like Goldberg they did. did their job and but, got him over the way they were supposed to get him over. I think but to, what, what speaks to all this, though, I think my favorite uh, zinger in section one of the uh, the show. And Don, you, I know you don't like Cornette, but when he was like, well, when you got a guy with no talent and a great look, there's only one place he can go. The WWF. <laughs> and it was like, ah, just a bitter dude, man. He's just Jesus. a bitter dude. Yeah, I mean, he is slightly bitter. I mean, but he's not wrong. He's bitter, but he's not wrong. Right, but he's yeah. placing the blame at the, the wrong people. Well, I mean, WWE is the one that got him over. They did put him on the pedestal and make him that way. So when you bring a guy in and you put a rocket on his ass and then you get mad when he makes all these demands, like. Yeah, but then you're going to blame the, the Von Erics who no. had him on TV all the time? No. Uh, I think it's kind of funny how when he first started out, he's paired up with Sting. And even they said like two opposite people like now is like Sting's very like, uh, you know, reformed or not that he was ever bad, but like, you know, has his own church kind of thing going. And Helwig just went the actual opposite direction, which is why they didn't work, obviously. Seeing those two together, like I had no idea about that. The Blade Runners? Oh, yeah. Star. I remember I seeing like, them, Don. You remember seeing them in the magazines? In the magazines, yeah, 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 yeah. And no, you're I'm like, talking about Sting and yeah, yeah. Sting and War and Warrior. Like they, they would always have like little articles in magazines, like like the after mags, where it was like they would show you other. It wasn't world class because we got world class on TV, and I remember seeing. Oh, they the had. They would have the and they'd have the top ten rankings in the back, right? So yeah. you always saw their names and stuff. Like every territory, you kind of had their top ten rankings. Yeah, the overall rankings, and then they'd have these little like around the Indies type blurbs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the Blade Runners were in there. I remember seeing them there. And then, uh, then he popped up in because we used to get World Class here on US on uh, ESPN. ESPN. And he was the Dingo Warrior. And l- let me ask this question because I wrote this down. So 
the idea of the dingo warrior was supposed to be this like Australian dingo, like crazy. Do you think it was a rib? Do you think someone didn't like him and named him dingo? No, no. Uh, they explained it more in the A&E doc. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. The, it was just someone that like said it and I thought it was a funny word and they're like, we're going to throw it in there. And then they thought it was weird because they're like, well, dingo is like Australian thing, but this was just some guy that was supposed to be a badass. And He's a wild dog. He's a wild People dog. are laughing at him because the name is funny to say. I Yeah. yeah. You know what I loved about his early stuff, too? Like when he really got into the face paint, he kept the mustache on. So you see this mustache come through like like I'm supposed to think this guy's like legit badass with this painted face. And then you see this like Tom Selleck mustache coming through and you're like, do I really believe that this guy is that much of a stone cold killer with that? Like it, 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 worked, it, worked for the, it worked for the Cesar Romero Joker in Batman. So, yeah, but they made that white. So you could see the you could you could see it, but you could see it was white over it. Like this was like it almost stayed brown in some of the <laughs> warrior things. Like he had like the yellow and white. And then there was like this mustache coming through. Also, there was one part in this show when. So, you know how they do the like blurry uh, reenactment parts. Mm -hmm. There was one part when he was taking out a makeup brush and I thought they were about to insinuate that he was going to do lines of Coke because they were like, and then something drastically changed and he was going to put the makeup on. I'm like, is he doing blow right now? What's going to go? Oh, he's putting makeup on. (laughs) I was like, wow, they really got into drugs quick. I I feel like the dingo was a a rib. I don't know. I've just, you got to know a dingo is like a, it just sounds like like dingo, like a dingus. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't go into more uh, steroid stuff, to be frank. They alluded to it. She was like, he was acting different. And I'm like, are they getting to steroids or Coke here? Like, what are they alluding to? I mean, I, I took that as much as ego as well. You know, just yeah. uh, a combination of <laughs> everything going to his head. It's, yeah. it's interesting. So neither of you guys watched the biography. I actually asked Chris today. I said, should we watch this? And I, just I wanted to watch it later, but then Steph went and watched it and ruined it all. I, oh, I ruined it all because I actually did. I thought we were going to review them all after this. Double research. No, I thought that right, was Double research. So, guy, what did you find in the a and I I'll thought forget, it would be uh, beneficial for me to watch that one in comparison to this one. Okay. So, I mean, in what they got through in like 20 minutes on dark side they had like an hour of content for the biography because that was two hours long do you think it's because Um, they had more access to wwe stuff i'm sure they went through a lot of his like uh like his childhood and growing up and talked about the bodybuilding stuff and when he got into steroids and that kind of stuff. They probably had more access to like his wife now and people in his family, whereas probably no one talked to dark side. Yeah. They talked to his family. Yeah. It was interesting that it definitely 100% different people. There may have been one or one or two that were actually, no, I don't think there was any overlap. Was anyone complimentary on there? Yeah. Yes, in different ways. Like a, like a Jake Roberts type of complimentary. <laughs> like I didn't punch him with a roll of quarters and that son of a bitch made me cry. And Oh, that was something. In that huh? way. I mean, I, I think that anecdote by Jake, um, you know, kind of shows that guys kind of come around to self-awareness and reflection. Mm. Um you know, it sounded genuine. I think Jake would have called bullshit if it weren't genuine. 
So, you know, despite all the egotism that kind of followed him, even when the wife, the first wife was talking about, you know, that kind of let's go our separate ways, sorry, acknowledging sort of his faults, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that just kind of comes with age and like I said, reflection, but, um, you know, it seems that he kind of acknowledged that uh he was a dick <laughs> which you know everybody loves everybody yeah everybody loves a redemption story but i mean at least he went out um on a somewhat positive note like i'm not talking about like in the business i'm talking about like personal come to jesus type stuff yeah well the one thing that his wife was very big on uh as an apologist for him was she kept on saying like you know that's not the side of jim that he really was like i saw the other side well when you work in a business and you show everybody that you're a dickhead 99% of the time, they're not going to know that other side of you because you never show that. So how would they even expect it? So I always I always like how when people say that, well, you didn't know this side of him. Right. Because they didn't show that side. He was a asshole who had his own dressing room <laughs> at work, was always a jerk to people. So why would we see or even assume that other side? Yeah. So you think of it from... The other side as well, right. as in she didn't see that side of him. Right, she didn't see him at work. A total dick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always like the apologist in there, like yeah. But again, it's a shit business that doesn't really give anybody. I mean, they're all independent contractors. They're when they tried to unionize, they got they got shit on. I mean, I think in the Pillman episode, he was talking about just taking his like. Oh, what's his name? Are your buddy, the trainer from Cincinnati? What's what's his name? Oh, Kim Woods. Yeah, Kim Woods. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it doesn't see it, it, like Warrior's attitude towards the business doesn't seem much different than Kim Woods's was. You know, it's yeah. a guy like I'm gonna get everything I can from this, and everyone else be damned. Now, I think the screwed up part is not taking care of those other guys that are in the same position, right? Like, so screw the you know screw the territories, and everything else, the Heenan story. And, you know, Jake talking about just, you know, the, the guy's recklessness of putting other guys at risk is, is total bullshit. But in terms of like, you know, getting everything you possibly can out of the business, didn't we say like Luger was the same way, right? Luger came yeah. in, had that same perception because he came from the NFL and, you know, we this is how we should be treated as professional athletes. So, again, not to be an apologist for him, um, it's not a great business, so I don't blame guys for being selfish about it. But when they're selfish to the point of putting other guys' livelihoods at stake, that's that's where you know the line gets drawn. Yeah, it's it's interesting that now in two of what two of the four we've watched, there have been references to Bobby Heenan's neck, yeah, and his injuries. <laughs> so both Pillman and <laughs> Warrior fucked with I th- Heenan. I think Pillman forgot. I think Warrior just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I think Pillman just straight up forgot. Like in the moment, he just grabbed Bobby Heenan, not thinking like, oh, fuck your neck. And like Warrior, like, because Heenan specifically said to him, don't screw with my neck. And Warrior would just do it anyway because he didn't listen. He's in the heat of the moment, brother. Well, he went in there and he turned into the Warrior. He was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No one's at fault for what happens when he's the Warrior ra- in the ring. Yeah, those ropes start shaking. It's a different. It's like the Incredible it. Hulk. That's yeah. what he is. He's the Incredible Hulk. Once you get that destrucity running through you, you really can't, really can't stop it. <laughs> I I love that both Cornette and Jim Ross had to go with Vince McMahon to meet with Warrior, and both of them were like, 
biggest waste of time I've ever in my life. <laughs> like <laughs> hours I wish I could get back. Like, have you ever said that about being with another human being? Like those yeah. are hours I wish I could get back. <laughs> yes. Have okay. you not? <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> but I guess not on a national TV about a deceased person. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, they they don't seem to have come around on him much. I, I think it's funny, too, how Warrior had all of the plans for, like, what this Warrior character was going to be past the wrestling part. But again, like, never worked on the wrestling part. <laughs> like, I got if comic book that, ideas. Why, why would you have to if you had gotten over and gotten that far without doing anything? Also, when are you going to have time? By the time you're in the WWE, like they said, you're on the road 25 days a year, uh, days a month. Um, you're probably sleeping when you're not working. <laughs> so yeah. by the time you get elevated to that status, like, what are you going to do? Wake up and and train in the ring with somebody? You could That's do a little something. You could kind of learn a couple even, moves. He didn't care, though. From the beginning, all he wanted was fame and money. He did not actually care what he was doing to get there. He just wanted money. Well, he wanted fame and money because if he just wanted money, he would have been Dr. Helwig, the chiropractor. (laughs) It's true. That's a great profession. Why does bodybuilding always lead to chiropractor? (laughs) Who knows that? Like reform. Yes. Reform. Every, every chiropractor I've gone to is like, I've been reformed bodybuilder or every bodybuilder. I know I'm infatuated with, I know Steph's not going to want to talk about it. But I watch chiropractor videos on YouTube. It was so terrible. And I think because uh, I, the cracking bones, I don't know what it is. I watch people like, I watch like 25 minutes of people getting their neck cracked. I'll watch back cracking. (laughs) Don, you know what a ring dinger is? No, but this is like my strange addiction on like uh, TLC. (laughs) It's not an addiction. Like I could go months without watching it do you also eat like sofa cushions and stuff like that no no but i want to get a ring dinger let me explain what a ring dinger is please there's there's two variations there's a ring dinger is this the contraption yes a y strap so basically there's two different ways of doing it they lay you down and then they like put you in this harness so your body doesn't move and they either take a towel and wrap it around your neck or take this strap that is like a Y. Okay, so Jim Cornette and his wife and whatever wrestler he's <laughs> yeah, not trying, that to, guy gonna trying to break him. into the biz, right? So <laughs> with the with the, uh, the ring dinger, they take the towel and the doctor goes like one, two, three, and pulls your head and makes your whole body like. All right. It's kind of like traction, but like. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there's the Y strap where they just pull the strap and it pulls your head. But like everyone's like, oh, I can feel it go down my spine. And I want that done to me. <laughs> the old ring dinger. Yeah, I want the old ring dinger. <laughs> and, then, and then the doctor always like hits the guy's legs like, you're fine. You're still kicking because show like you still have feeling in your legs. <laughs> like you're not a paraplegic. That's what I watch at night to go to sleep. That and ASMR videos. <laughs> Why is every accent you do a Southern one? Anyone is Southern when you do an accent. <laughs> Because that's the kind of the person. No, 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 no. He legit has a Southern accent. Okay. He's from, I think he's from Texas. The guy he, he watches. The guy I watch. His name is Dr. Uh, yeah. Oh, he he coined the phrase ring dinger. Dr. There, there's people out there, like there's two or three people out there who know exactly who I'm talking about. He does the ring dinger. Okay. So uh, speaking of ring dingers. Um, oh, uh, one funny line that Cornette had. Um when he left the meeting with Hellwig, he's like, I had nothing else to say. <laughs> like, I just, he like, they got both him and JR both got fed up with listening to him talk for like two hours about, or more of all the ideas that he's going to go through. Um, 
you know, again, this this goes back to Vince. Vince obviously had an infatuation with him, and yeah, most likely he made money. He got printed money. Well, that's, you know, that's all time. there is, right? I mean, he probably had the best merch. That wrestling buddy was probably the best selling wrestling buddy ever. Oh yeah, that was the wrestling buddy you always saw people with. Like Hogan, sometimes you always saw people in the crowd with the Ultimate Warrior buddy. You always saw them in the advertisements with the Ultimate Warrior buddy. Wait, they took him to the shows. Oh yeah. Well, they were probably yeah. buying them. At the buying shows. there. Okay. They're probably buying. Like, them that's a weird shows. thing to take to a show. Is that any weirder than taking a baseball glove to a game? It's definitely weirder. When well, you take a, a baseball game, a baseball glove to a game, you have the potential to catch a ball. Do you? If you're if you're if you're ten or under in any of these scenarios, you're okay. Like, we'll reevaluate <laughs> it once you hit a certain age threshold. Uh, I'm, not gonna, a- I'm not going to judge children that want to bring a doll. No, no, little to a kids. Match. Little kids is fine. If you are of the age where you're still allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog, then you can bring a glove to a game. No one above the Wait, age of you 10. You have a threshold on who can put a ketchup. No one above the age of 10 should be putting ketchup on a hot dog. He's talking about a hot dog, which is made from lips and assholes, if we know anything. From but he you know, doesn't, doesn't get ketchup. That's why you need the mustard to bring out the lips and asshole, to accentuate the lips and asshole. Be one of these guys that talks about processed tubular meat and what you can and can't put on it. Yeah. Yeah. A mustard. Mustard. Hot dog past 10 or 11. No ketchup. Got to be Stephanie's mustard. really from Chicago now. Like he's yeah. not a Jersey guy anymore. No, no, no. They're fancier <laughs> with their. Uh, well, they, they like they like to tell you you put so much shit on your hot dog you can't even taste the hot dog in, in Chicago. I'm, I'm, Actually, we call them Taylor fingers. We don't call them hot dogs around here. <laughs> started. Um, but let's go back to uh, the warrior. So Don, I don't know if you remember this because yeah, I feel like you got the Trentonian, whereas I got the Trent Times at the time. But we WrestleMania, what is that supposed to mean? That, that, like, I'm the lowbrow, I'm the lowbrow tabloid guy. Seems so. like more of a Trentonian on, than it on, is a Trent Times. It's because you lived in fancy Ewing. I lived yeah, in the bird. Well, yeah, you that's guys. true. That's you what? guys. We're not all of our listeners are from Jersey. Can you explain? What the, the, this the, would be? The Trentonian had a page six with bikini girls in it. The Trentonian the Trent was Times the more, did not. That's all you got to know. The, the, the Trentonian was more of the salacious kind of like National Enquirer type news, whereas the Trent Times was more the refined, trying to be the the New York Times. So we got my family got the Times, whereas Don got the Trentonian. It was it was only one thing you could flip it. It was I'll, like, I'll humor you. Go on. All right. Uh, in the, so in the Trenton Times, I remember was the I want to say only time, but I know it was definitely the first time that they put the WrestleMania six results in the sports page of the Trenton Times. Now, wrestling was in no way considered sports, but it was such a big deal that they put a little blurb like the size of like a little league recap in the newspaper the next day. Was it uh, in Atlantic City? Uh, no, it was at the Sky Dome in Toronto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Right. Uh, yeah, that would make it would make sense if it was Atlantic City one, but no, no, it wasn't even like an article. It had no headline. It was like in during, Don, you know, the little section like the transactions and the yeah, like, yeah. it was like in there. And I don't even remember if I saw it. I feel like my mom or dad saw it and pointed it out to me because why would I be reading the sports page for wrestling news? But they were they cut it out for me. It was like a WrestleMania six Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. And I think they might have listed like maybe one or two more matches. And that was it. But the fact that it was in the newspaper was like, whoa, that is a big deal. Speaking, but, of, Wrestle, speaking of WrestleMania six, though, and Hulk Hogan, um, Hulk Hogan 
draws draws the line at going to Korea, <laughs> to North Korea. But he'll, uh, uh, you know, that first clean win against Hawk Hogan in what? How many years did they say? How many years? That's yeah, that's pretty. I think as champion, yeah, that was his first yeah. pin as a champion. Right. That's... Like as so, eighty four, he won the title, and that was in what a ninety. Nine, yeah, ninety. Because when he lost to when he quote unquote lost to Andre, it was the two the referees. Yeah, Dave, Dave and Earl. Yeah. So I mean he did get pinned there, but uh it was like shenanigans. Uh but did you notice in that three count, like the referee called three and Hogan was up like kicked yeah. kicked out of it like just as three. Like right. he really was not, he kind of like wasn't putting it over at all. And then jumped up and was like, no, like, you know, didn't he, he sold it in no way whatsoever. But they're Speaking saying of, like he, he he needed an out, right? Is that what? Yeah, saying? he wanted to like take some time off. Well, they said too. They're like Vince was just kind of they needed to get him out before people got tired of him. Which you guys kind of alluded to earlier when you were just saying right around that time you stopped really caring about Hulk. So it was kind of like the perfect timing to switch. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to get to was when you talked about the no sell, the Triple H no sell. Or oh, when he took the pedigree and just jumped back up. What? Yeah, but he wasn't really like the Triple H that you know him. No, no. Hunter Hearst Helmsley was like a blue blood kinetic kinetic tution or something. Yeah. Um. I mean, he was he wasn't he wasn't a main eventer. No. Right. But like, there's no. I mean, he had to do something to sell that in some way. Not immediately jump back up like it did nothing to him triple h, triple <laughs> like, h made that out way, all right <laughs> that was a, that was way too much that that probably would have been one of the only guys on the roster that you could convince to do that triple h like at the time like who else is gonna do who else is gonna take that like that would have any meaning whatsoever mm. nobody can I read the can i read this uh paragraph from uh wikipedia on wrestlemania sure. six here <laughs> sure <laughs> All right, so again, this is uh, April 1st, 1990. Mm-hmm. Future multi-time world champions Edge and Christian were in attendance, as were Lance Storm and Renee Young. Diamond Dallas Page had a cameo on the show driving Rhythm and Blues and Jimmy Hart to the ring in his yep. pink Cadillac. I remember that, yep. Actor Steve Amwell, who had gone to compete in a match at SummerSlam in 2015, was also in attendance. Mary Tyler Moore was sitting ringside... <laughs> And there was a backstage segment with Steve Allen and the Bolsheviks. Steve Allen used to show up all the time. Remember? Wait, so someone just wrote a whole article of just like all the celebrities or like current wrestlers that were there. They're yes. Like and this is 1990. Like that's. Uh, Steve Allen used to show up all the time. Liberace was at the first WrestleMania, like Liberace. With, that, uh, I, with Muhammad Ali doing magic tricks. <laughs> hey, watch me convince everybody that Lee is straight. Watch this. <laughs> he convinced everybody. He was like this. He did one of these. Don, you're not looking. <laughs> Our podcast listener is going to really tell It was me doing. doing the finger inside the whole move to show that Liberace, you know, I, I the Steven Soderbergh took two, mo- two hours out of a movie. I'm just going to tell you in one <laughs> hand signal what... <laughs> Yeah, we can doing. Hear it. I'm, I'm getting into a, ryth- a rhythm and blues uh, wormhole right now. So let's let's get me out of that. Let's get back in focus here. I've learned to appreciate Greg the Hammer Valentine. Why? Watching old footage, watching old. Uh, he, uh, you know what my problem was as a kid, my impression was of Greg the Hammer Valentine was 
WWE's version of him. And I've gone back to the old NWA, like dog collar matches with Roddy Piper. And he was like, like the, the Wahoo shirt. Remember like I broke Wahoo Daniels. uh, And he was like, it was a like iron on felt letter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, see. Yeah. I'm with you on the WWE where he, remember he had the shin guard. Yeah. uh, We like knee people. Remember he got in the fight with rugged Ronnie Garvin and Ronnie Garvin had to be uh, a referee for uh, a couple months. The rugged ref. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny Davis, I believe was involved in that. Yeah, probably. Danny Davis was involved in every shenanigan, but um, so I've grown to appreciate Greg, the hammer Valentine. So rhythm and blues, uh, a honky tonk man is another guy I appreciate. So while I hated them as a tag team, cause they were boring as hell. I look back on them and go, Oh, those are two talented entertainers. I, I loved, I love honky tonk. I loved, I love the, I love the gimmick. Like mm-hmm. I love to hate the gimmick I should say. So <laughs> I, I, I never had a, he's incredibly boring because you just wanted to boo the shit out of him and, and just strangle him. So, and, and, and Jimmy Hart didn't help. Now, speaking of him, let's talk about because one of his chief rivals was Jake the Snake Roberts. This is the funny thing I find about the whole like I understand why Jake was pissed because like they were supposed to have a huge feud afterwards. But I feel like if the company has that type of. They want that for Jake, they're going to find another guy to do it with, like it might not be the next guy to win the championship. So let's say they get it, give it to Slaughter, and then they got to find somebody to get it off of Slaughter to then give it to Jake. I feel like if you liked him enough, just be like, look, your time is coming. But like to just turn around, like, I, I feel like I don't well, know if that really happened maybe that they way. Th- because they talked about the run, right, where they're going to be going back and forth. And maybe it's because Jake could actually work, right, and kind of – you know, maybe it was just kind of like, all right, we need you to carry him, not so much right. we need you to be our champion. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that was the case that they had to strategically pair him up. Right. With. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if they wanted Jake in that role, they could have moved him on the role down the line, like whoever the next big yeah. champion was. Like, I all of a sudden, I, he was like out. Yeah, no, I, I think that was more because it was the Warrior and because the Warrior was such a bad worker. They needed it. They needed somebody they needed, good. Right. Yeah. Um and okay, look, can we get back to Sergeant Slaughter? Like sure. Sergeant Slaughter pins Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior in the middle of the ring. Like, come on. He's another guy. I never wait, never was that the for. was that the um the bald guy in the in the, the SummerSlam? I mean, was that the yeah. SummerSlam? Yeah. SummerSlam with the uh, so, yeah, he was the Iraqi sympathizer. But I yeah. didn't so I'm what they talked about in A E. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they talked about it. If they talked about it in this one, I missed it. But that Slaughter, it says Slaughter, Hulk Hogan, and Sheik hatched a plan where during the match, Sheik would break the Warriors' legs <laughs> because he said he wasn't coming out because he wasn't going to work. So McMahon talked them out of their plan, not wishing to add a lawsuit to his other problems. <laughs> How did he not cover that? <laughs> do, I, there's probably only so much time, but do you know that? But it's also probably something that they knew that they got from Vince. There's an, there's an old. They had that info. Probably, but there's an old urban legend that goes around about the Sheik that when Hulk Hogan was supposed to take the title off him, that Vern Gagne, who the Sheik used to work for in the AWA, approached the Sheik and was going to offer, like, offered him money to break Hogan's leg in the middle of the match, and Sheik wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's been going around for a oh, while. Oh no, baby, no baby, I don't break, I don't break Hogan's leg. Don't break uh, speak, Hogan's leg, baby. Speaking of documentaries, uh, there's actually one called the Sheik. 
Um, very, very good. Uh, it's on like Netflix. That was right? recent. Yeah, that was yeah, recent. Right? I, I just saw it on TV. Uh, 2014. No. Um, different kind of respect for him. Like I, I kind of don't like his whole like uh, social media shtick uh, on the. I think it's there. his handlers, right? The, yeah. the Fahadi brothers or whatever their name is. Right. Yeah. You know, for a transitional champion, relax, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just, uh, he was interesting. However, when I when I learned the backstory during this documentary, it was... Uh, Didn't his new, daughter new die or re- something? Newfound respect for him. What's that? Didn't his daughter die or something, like in a tragic way? Uh, I didn't get that far. Okay. I, I just kind of saw him escaping the uh, the Shah. Ah, Shah, 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 shit. Sorry, that's an ECW reference. Stack Myers. Um. I was going to say something about what were we talking about before that, though, about the documentaries. Um, A&E, I don't know. No. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. Uh, and then we got on to something else. Uh, Sheik breaking his leg. Yeah. Sheiky baby breaking his leg. I don't remember where we were going with it, but uh, we can talk about how your car shield commercials. I swore Ric Flair said the ninja boy. <laughs> I'm the ninja boy. He said the ninja boy's favorite car commercials is uh have the Jimmy John's commercials now eclipse the car shield commercials. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jimmy John's. first I hated them and then I just kept <laughs> Brad I Garrett just, grows. I laugh at, I laugh out loud at them. I still have not seen one. I can't believe you haven't seen like we're gonna make you watch all of them on YouTube. <laughs> it's such a weird character, but like the more you see it, the more ridiculous it is, and I think that's that's why I, I don't know. I don't know. Come out here, David Copperfields. <laughs> David's David's Copperfields. Uh- Support for Not About Wrestling is brought to you by Manscaped. Summer's coming, fellas, and you know the worst thing about summer? No, it's not the heat or the fact that you're not allowed to rock a Speedo at your kid's soccer game anymore. It's body hair. Especially the hair hanging off of your danglers. Now, I don't go completely bald down there, but I do like to keep the hair below the belt, uh, you know, a little neat and tidy, just because it's more comfortable. Uh, It's to decrease the swampiness if you catch my drift. Thankfully, Manscaped has guys like myself covered. The makers of the best men's below the waist grooming tool in the world just launched their fourth generation junk hair trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. I was lucky enough to be one of the first people to try the Lawnmower 4.0, and I am blown away by the performance. I'll be honest, I'm always a little nervous putting a trimmer by my junk, but the Lawnmower 4.0 does the job safely every time. And for all the ladies listening, if you need uh, your guy to do a little bit of freshening up down there around the family jewels, and I'm not talking about the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring, I'm talking about, you know, his family jewels, pick up the Lawnmower 4.0 for your guy and let him know he's got to do a little bit about the hair down there. Best of all, Manscaped is supporting this podcast and offering 20 percent off and free shipping to all of our listeners all you have to do is use the code not about wrestling 20 at manscaped.com just go to manscaped.com drop the lawnmower 4.0 into your cart and put in the code not about wrestling 20 at checkout and get the 20 percent off and free shipping so what the hell are you waiting for 
unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And we thank Manscaped for supporting our show. Uh, I did kind of feel sorry for Jake. I don't know. Do you really think Vince turned around to him in that moment and was like, man, you got the worst luck in the world. Like, do you really think that's what was on Vince's mind when the guy who just held him up for money came walking through? The well, curtain? I also know well, a little bit because I, I think that, you know, he, he said he was next to Vince the entire time for the entire match. So Vince probably like waiting for the moment that warrior comes back so he can fire him. And he's probably thinking like, uh, uh, what am I going to do with Jake now? So uh, he probably he probably acknowledged it. Were those the exact words? I don't know, but I, I can see him like acknowledging the fact that they were watching the entire match together. Yeah, I just I just don't know. I mean, I'm not going to call Jake a liar, but I just think in that moment, do you really think Vince was like, ah, you're fucked? <laughs> like, I mean, could it be a worse move? Also, did Warrior really think he was going to get his money? Do you think? That that was, uh, what did the letter say? Uh, that was not smart on your part or something like that. That letter uh, from Vince back to the warrior. Yeah, you're yeah. a legend in your own mind, and like, yeah. right, that stuff. But there was something like, and that, and that was your mistake. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, breaching your contract and thinking who you are was your mistake. Um, so, uh, I think in his own mind, he thought that uh, he's the biggest star going, and they can't live without him, and he's gonna take whatever he wants to take. And uh, he grossly misread the room. Yeah. Well, he had never been told no before. So what was going to stop it now? Speaking of um, colossal mistakes and you were on your worst enemy. Why do you think they didn't cover the WCW moments? Because those were just as big of a train wreck when yeah. he appeared in WCW for like those couple months. And he showed up and Eric Bischoff and Bischoff has told the story numerous times on his podcast where he sent the warrior out there to do a seven minute promo on live television. And he talked for 29 minutes <laughs> on live TV. And Bischoff was like, it was the longest 29 minutes of my life. Like time was just go. And he was standing out there in the ring with Hogan and the warrior just like kept going. And they were like looking at him, like fucking wrap it up. <laughs> and like, he just kept talking and talking. He said they had this cut like entire segments out of the show. He's like, well, I, I think to- there's I think there's your answer right there. Why they didn't get into it. Uh, it's like your Tim Disbrow uh, interview the other day. Right. And you get so much stuff that you you need to fit it into an hour long episode with commercials. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the that early 90s was the big part of it. And then you kind of had to wrap it up really quickly with the uh, with the Hall of Fame. I think they short of making it a two hour episode. I think it was for time constraints. Yeah, I mean, I. I think he made a other a couple other uh, awful appearances for other like random federations around that time. Like, uh, well, not the Herb Abrams one, but like ones like that that like popped up in the mid to late nineties. I feel like he made one or two appearances for that. But I, we're all going to agree that Vince extends the olive branch because he knows all the merchandise money that can be made, right? Yeah, I mean, look at the shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah. Right. Who's still not in the Hall of Fame, right? No, he is. He is. Lanny. Um, yeah, well, Lenny said something about it. Yeah. Um, it took a while. It took a long time. Right, right. But yeah, now you bring it back around. Who's making the money off of this? I'm still, yeah, there's a World Wrestling uh, trademark on it. But, but Vince doesn't have to because he owns the trademark. So he can just 
go on printing money without Ultimate Warrior. Right, but okay, I guess yeah, top of, top of mind, right? Like, okay, let's bring this guy in a spotlight and yeah, and cash. and Don, they even discussed uh, our old favorite videos of uh, the super super conservative right wing Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he had like a legit web log. He had a blog, right? Uh, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I don't know how the hell I stumbled upon it. But it was a blogging gold mine in the uh, the late aughts. There, mm-hmm. uh, it's like Warrior's Journal, right? Yeah, or the Mind of the Warrior, or you know, I still remember Ackman's Razor, Ackman's Razor, um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just like those those interviews that they talked about that are just kind of nonsensical and everywhere. But then they just started dipping into the homophobic and racist and mm-hmm. and and everything else. Uh, I like how they um, just kind of peppered that in and like like. All right, if you think this guy's not really a nice guy, watch this 45 second clip of the warrior. Just I mean, there was worse. He's just he's to say some worse things on his YouTube channel. Like and did you know what's amazing, right? When they talked about him not getting along with any of his coworkers, thinking he was the greatest thing ever, right? And then he wants to be a motivational speaker and help children and help people. Like, how do you help people by telling them what? That they're pieces of shit? <laughs> like, there, there was some disconnect between, like, what he wanted to do and what he wanted to impart on other people and the way he actually, like, lived his life. So if his big dream was this warrior mentality and being X, Y, and Z and, you know, the the universe, and I'm, I'm sure he has, like, uh, I don't know, crystals and shit like that that he aligns and, you know, God knows what, some new age shit. But, um, but, but then you act the way you do and you don't have a single person say a kind thing about you except for, you know, your ex-wife of a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Seth and I are laughing because uh, Tim talked about his warrior boot camp that right, Tim right. recorded for a day where he just yelled at people and made them vomit <laughs> for <Right. Okay. laughs> hours on like, end. Like, like, how about like connecting with people in a human way? Like, maybe that could be a successful way. Well, uh, Steph watched an extended cut of one of his um motivational interviews. Did you watch most of that stuff, or did you watch? Oh, uh, you didn't watch a lot of it. <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't no. Like, it was like, no, Tim no, sent no. us an hour long motivational, like talk that I don't think uh, we're talk about. I did not watch it yet. Yeah. That's an hour and 20 minutes. Um, but I did see that they used part of it in the A&E biography. So I listened well, a- to parts of it inserted in that they had clips of that inserted in between his daughter, uh, doing, uh, boxing, <laughs> which is available on his website that is still maintained and run. Lovely. It's fine. Totally. It's fine. Do you, do you blame him for changing his name? No. Mm-mm. I don't either. No. I, th- I actually thought that was the one smart thing that he did, as stupid as the name is. Um, yeah, and I think he was well ahead of his time with doing it because I feel like a lot of people now – well, now when wrestlers realize that WWE is going to own it, so don't even bother like trying – so they try to like kind of brand themselves outside of it, or at least keep their name long enough that people know them. But when you're in the WWE now, you realize they're going to give you a new name and they're going to own that name and you're never going to be anything except you. But at least I think we're all smart enough to kind of realize, oh, this person used to be this person. And now it's like, what does Ryback go by? He's uh, he still calls himself Ryback, right? 
or he just calls himself uh, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Ryback Reeves. Is that what his name is? I forget what he says his name is. Not a clue. And Cody for a long time couldn't call himself Cody Rhodes. People, yeah. people yeah, called him called. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but he, he could only call himself Cody. Cody because WWE owned the name, but then he won it in like arbitration yeah. or something. And that was a really big deal on AAW. Yeah. When he first got to use his last name again. Yeah, now he could be Cody. Um, Have you so, guys been on this ultimatewarrior.com? No, is it an Alta Vista site? No, this this is a uh, they 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 GeoCities. They're doing no, they're doing a nice job trying to um uh reshape his his legacy. Oh, of course they are. There's a whole award. I mean, there's a whole award named after him. Yeah, uh, um, being this awful. Like this looks like it's family run here. Um, but yeah, it, this blog. <laughs> Is not the old blog that we were just referring to. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, I did find so someone had posted a a quote from the screenshot of Vince's letter. Okay. That was not covered that says your principal complaint apparently is that you are not being compensated at the same rate as Hulk Hogan. Although Hulk is a living legend, is still much better known to the public, has wrestled longer, is the WWF champion is in much greater demand for personal appearances, is a bigger star and draw at WWF events, is more dependable, and is far more revered and respected by WWF fans and by the public at large. And he, that's all fair. Like, Burn. Shots fired. Burn. <laughs> by suspended for 90 days. Oh, he was just suspended? Yeah, they made it sound like he got fired, but he, he got suspended. And then he came back when... Um, Hulk was taking time off uh, and then got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Evan posted a a clip of uh, JR's barbecue here. Are you a believer in (laughs) districity? I I love those kind of stories. I love like the warrior just going off about districity. And if you watch, like if you go back at Steph, go back and watch some of the warriors old promos. They're amazing because you just don't know what, like, I don't even know as kids. I, of course, as kids, we had no idea what he was talking about, but it sounded right. And like, we thought he was making sense, but he really wasn't. It was just like, uh, I mean, that was kind of funny when he, he again, self-awareness in some capacity where he would come back like, what the hell did I just say? Like, but it yeah. sounded really cool because yeah. He was from Parts Unknown. This was like <laughs> some warrior from the Mystic. Don, you remember that one we were watching a couple months ago where it was him, the Rockers, and I forget who the fourth guy was, and he was wrapping him up with tape. He kept on <laughs> walking around. <laughs> so they were cutting their promo for Survivor Series. It was the four teams. It was, I feel like it was Jim Neidhart, the Rockers, and Ultimate Warrior. So they're all standing in this group, and Ultimate Warrior had his like tape on. So he's like, puts it on one of the guy's shoulders and starts walking in circles in the middle of the promo, like wrapping them up in this m- medical like gauze kind of thing while they're trying to talk. It's going like over their heads. Like Shawn Michaels is trying not to get it all stuck in his, uh, as Kevin Nash calls it, his Kentucky waterfall. That's what he called his mullet. <laughs> I, so. I, I found the old hugging Harold Reynolds um, post about the Warriors thing. But was there? There's no video attached, right? Uh, no. So, so our, this was 2008. We posted this. What was this? 
when we used to blog about the warrior on our old rest on our old uh, sports website warriors machete like uh, long before the star we used to talk about it a lot it used to make some of my work days go by quicker when i used to be able to watch them one interesting thing they didn't hit on in this one that they did in the other one was the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior yes where they just they did on smashed w- him yeah yeah that's a fun that watch. Inter- yeah, that was interesting <laughs> going over that. Well, the whole idea behind that, and I don't know if I sent you the clip of JR saying, like, basically they just had all this footage and they were going to use it and they didn't like the warrior at the time and they were going to bash him and they were going to use the footage and make money off of it in some way because he wasn't playing ball the the right way. So they're like, all right, let's just whoa make a video and just smash him, you know? I, I remember watching it once. It was pretty bad, but Warrior wasn't well liked. So this is what happens when not a lot of people like you. They make two documentaries about you that are not very like you know, not very good. I mean, the the documentaries are good. Your the reflection of you is not very good. They showed a video of Hogan talking to him later, saying he didn't want to say those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, um, so you so apparently we we've been uh, looking at this for a while, but apparently he was uh, he, uh, pretty much dismissing Heath Ledger's death. Uh, star <laughs> of star of Bend Over Broke Back, which is what he referred to the movie as. Um, to sum up what? Heath's passing, Warrior will leave you with this: His kid is without a father, but the negative influence is now removed, and his own child has a chance for a full recovery. <laughs> No it is fucking way. It is sad and tragic that we won't that we don't demand attention to be paid to greater things. So, yeah, uh, that that was what we did, and then that went over to, to Deadspin. I'm actually using the Wayback Machine because we have a reference link here that goes to UltimateWarrior.com, which I just said has been nicely polished up. Um, but it says that that page has been excluded from the Wayback archives here. So. Wow, they went deep in uh, erasing that, huh? I have to dig into some stuff here. Wow. <laughs> the internet never forgets. I'm sure it's on probably on some Reddit thread somewhere where somebody saved it and put it all up. Um, yeah, the kid is without a fire, but the negative influence has now been removed and his own child has a chance for a full recovery. I like how this episode, I won't say it set up next week for Jake the Snake, but I like how Jake was involved to kind of tease like, oh, and then next week, is his fucked up family? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm looking forward to next week though. That's good. I did. Be- I, I, I called that, that every last week. week. I called that last week. I said that's that's the one I'm looking forward to. So I'm sticking yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah. We say that we say that every week. I mean, I think this was a good one. I think the warrior was such a jerk. You can't cover it all in two hours. And how long could you beat a guy? Like, would do I think they would be more? Uh, do I think they would have gone for the jugular more if he was still alive? Possibly, especially if he wasn't involved. Uh, you can only do so much you get, especially because his like daughters are still around and, you know, like he still has the connection to the WWE with the, uh, the, the award. I think they could have been a little bit worse. I think they were kind of like, all right, well, let's at least kind of yeah, show I, this guy in an okay light. It wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, especially hearing that it was a very different show than the A&E one was. Mm-hmm. So 
anyone who hasn't watched that one should probably watch this and compare watch that in comparison to Dark Side, just because it does fill in a lot of holes that they don't talk in here. Uh, obviously, because they had double the amount of time and totally different people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So that like Taker was on there and Heyman and. What were some of the? Was there anything positive? Out of that one? Yeah. I mean, it, they covered a lot of stuff. They, they covered said, more I think he negative means, than I thought. I, I mean, he. I think Don's asking, like, did Undertaker say anything positive or Paul Heyman say anything positive or did anybody say anything like, oh, he was all right. It was a mix. It was, they were normally to speak to specific things that happened, not necessarily to speak to him. Overall, Jim Helwig yeah. as a person, which we've all established was not a nice person until he came back to say <laughs> nice things but because they were putting him in a <laughs> they were putting him in the hall of fame so that's when you say nice things i think taker had something to say i'm sure he did that wasn't great did he say it with his eyes rolled back did paul bear say it oh, <laughs> oh the warrior ultimate warrior was a dickhead <laughs> oh, yeah. percy pringle I actually loved him in card subject to change when he just like popped up with Kamala and then they started dancing at the end of the match. <laughs> you know, his- when Tim was talking about uh, what he called beyond the mat, I, d- I did forget that that was an excellent piece at the time. I wonder if it's held up. I do have that on DVD. You have to come over for viewing. Yeah, that was a good movie. And uh, he didn't mess. He, he didn't mention wrestling with shadows. Did he? I don't think you mentioned that one either. Mm, that was a good one. No. That was one with Bret Hart, right? Wrestling with shadows, right? Maybe. Yeah. So, so I found the part where Taker spoke in the other one, and he was telling the story about Warrior snapping at a kid in the airport, <laughs> and the kid's parents were well connected in WWE, <laughs> and he had to tape an apology to the kid. What did he say to the kid? Vince was giving him direction. But what, what did he say to the like kid in the airport? Uh, he like asked. You will not touch my luggage. That is the luggage of the Ultimate Warrior. I keep all of my shoelaces in there. You will feel my power. I think the kid just asked him if he was the Ultimate Warrior, and he basically told the kid to shut up. <laughs> the kid asked. Well, you know what they didn't. He gorilla. He, gor- he gorilla pressed the kid. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! You know what they didn't cover? They did not cover the fact that how for the longest time people ultimate thought the Ultimate Warrior was dead, and a and a new Ultimate Warrior showed up, a guy with different hair. Like that was a huge rumor when we were kids. What? That was big. Yeah, yeah. When the Ultimate I, Warrior disappeared, uh, the first time, it, like took the like ninety day break or whatever. Or, like he was gone for a couple months. He came back. He had like a different haircut with like frosted tips, and he was like even more jacked. He was like ripped, ripped. And people were like, that's not the same Ultimate Warrior. The real Ultimate Warrior died. And this is a fake Ultimate Warrior that has come back and he's pretending to be the Ultimate Warrior. That was a huge rumor when we were kids. The real <laughs> Ultimate Warrior died and this guy was a fake. Because he just was starting to look different. Like he was starting to get older. His hair was different. But that was a huge rumor. Like I, I can't believe they didn't at least touch on that a little bit. Like when he went away that he was gone for so long that people thought he was dead. And came back. He died of like steroid. People and people swore it was in their newspaper, like that the Ultimate Warrior died 
Yeah, it was crazy. Here, here's 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 the thing too. Like when he returned, I'm reading it now too. It's the it's the number two uh, on Bleacher Report. Uh, the wrestling conspiracies that won't go away. The Ultimate Warrior is dead, and this was before he died, obviously. But it does say, however, the death rumor did lead to one of the most entertaining, well, actually the only entertaining part of Warrior's WCW run. When Warrior made his way to the ring on his debut, all Hogan could do was look at him and say, "I I thought you were dead." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, timeline-wise, uh, they also say that that apology that he had to tape for that kid was the day before he wrote the letter. Uh, so that's probably why he wrote the letter. That's what led to I will not apologize to children! <laughs> that's the thing. You watch both of these, and they, like, fill in each other's, like, holes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but it's <laughs> what I mean. I knew. I, I was like, please finish that sentence. Please finish that <laughs> sentence. Don, they both <laughs> fill each other's holes. You know, Cornette just perked up again. Word. <laughs> I so I, you're like, you know what? Just I'm going to ride this out and hope nobody saw it. And my eyes just kept getting bigger until you said they each filled each other's holes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, my night's over. I can go to bed now. <laughs> no, no. That was the greatest moment. Let's move, let's move on. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, next week is Grizzly Smith and his fucked up family. Sam Houston, who now looks like Sam Elliott, as I texted you guys before. Uh, I'm interested. To, uh, I know they're not going to talk about him marrying Baby Doll, but that's all that's on my mind recently because they keep talking about it on uh, other podcasts that he was married to Baby Doll. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this one because it's such a fucked up family. Mm-hmm. And like famous wrestling fucked up family. So um, any last words or things you'd like to read? No, I don't deserve <laughs> to say anything else now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that's going to be a wrap. Everybody we will be back uh, next week with uh, the Grizzly Smith family and Jake the Snake Roberts. Take it easy, everybody.